Hey everyone and welcome to the Woofing Possum podcast, the canine podcast for you, the pooch parent and the dog daft. I'm your host Greg, I'm a dog trainer based up in the northeast of England and my company is called Great Paws. So, whether you're having a cuppa and snuggling with your dog, out walking your dog, training your dog or maybe in your caravan driving your dog somewhere, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us, so let's dive into the next episode. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of the Woofin Possum Podcast. It is back just to my dulcet tones this week's folks, but don't worry, there is plenty more guests in the pipeline. But for today, I want to talk to you about something called the hierarchy of dogs' needs, which is a way of looking at basically our dog's life in a lot more comprehensive manner than just training alone. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone and welcome along to this episode where I want to talk to you about the hierarchy of dogs needs. Now before I actually dive into that I just want to give a bit of context of kind of why I want to cover this topic and where it came from. So if you've ever worked with a dog trainer or a dog behaviorist or a, or a professional supporting you with your dog's learning the chances are you went through some form of assessment up front um, usually during a discovery call or kind of a first kind of initial assessment session where it's quite heavy in terms of Q&A. And there's a very big reason for this because it can feel a little bit strange when you've approached a professional and let's say that you're looking for help with recall and the trainer or the behaviours or whoever it is that you've gone to see it starts asking you questions about kind of the dog's health, their well-being, their diet... Uh, their kind of lifestyle, their routine, and, and kind of a lot of things that you may not immediately kind of pair together with the particular thing that you're wanting to kind of troubleshoot and work on, obviously, with them. And that's because of this hierarchy of dogs' needs and how it all intertwines together to allow us to be able to effectively work with our pooch and give them everything that they need and in turn enable them to learn so that we can train together and obviously achieve success. So the hierarchy of dogs' needs was uh, created by a dog behaviourist called Linda Michaels. And in her words, it's a unique adaptation of Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. So I will put an infographic on the show notes, guys, but as we talk kind of through the individual elements, what I'd like you to picture is a bit of a pyramid. And that pyramid is split into five kind of sections. The biggest one being at the bottom, and then obviously a slightly smaller one next up so hopefully you can visualize that pyramid shape but ultimately as we go through i'm going to start with the the base or the foundation need and work our way up and again it's not a case that one of these is more important than the other per se it's more about understanding that all of these things play into your dog's kind of life behavior results in your training and all these kind of elements which is why it's so key to be aware of it and understand it and possibly look at different aspects of your dog's life beyond just the thing that you're trying to train because it can be very surprising in how much these things will affect the other so let's start right at the bottom and that is the biological needs so the biological needs of your dog and some of the examples are on the infographic which are things like proper nutrition fresh water sufficient exercise air sleep shelter safety general grooming and veterinary care 
all of those things feed into that biological need. So it's very much, you know, the physicality of your dog, its health, its well-being, kind of being free from pain, discomfort, injury, obviously being happy and healthy from a physical perspective. And that's absolutely key. Whenever I'm working with uh, any dog where we're trying to deal with a potential kind of behavior modification, kind of asking these questions about the diet, their routine, their overall health, and ultimately any kind of checks or intervention from vets is always kind of base questions for, for many professionals. And it's for that reason, because if you think um, a bit like us, if I've got a stomach ache or a headache, for example, my capacity to learn and deal with the world around me is probably going to be impacted by that. My tolerance level might be less. My frustration level might be higher. Obviously, my pain is definitely going to be higher. And therefore, my kind of capacity to, to function and do things is going to be affected as a result of that. So biological needs are just really, really fundamental. If your dog is suffering for, from uh, poor nutrition or um, kind of a, a sleeping pattern that's a little bit irregular, so they're not well rested enough, or even if they are, hopefully not, but if they are suffering any kind of pain and discomfort due to illness or an undiagnosed injury, that can have massive effects on how your dog behaves and you, it's not our immediate go-to on why that could be. So biological needs are something that we always want to have in the back of our minds. The next component of this hierarchy is the emotional needs of your dog. So this is about kind of feeling safe and secure, the love and the trust that they're going to have between obviously you and dog, the consistency of those of that kind of emotional state as well, and kind of that benevolent leadership that naturally kind of comes as part of our uh, relationship together. Now, consistency is a really key one. Now, we talk about consistency a lot when it comes to dog training. However, emotional consistency is really, really key. Um, I don't know about you, but I've worked for some what I would class as kind of hotheads in my time where one minute they're kind of all right and then the next minute they're kind of flying off the handle and getting all worked up and stressed out and shouty about things and then they're all nicey-nicey want to be my best friend again at work and it's that type of situation or that type of personality is very difficult to get along with. Um, it certainly is for me. I know some people thrive in that environment. However, for me, it really doesn't work. I like an element of emotional consistency. I get that everyone will have peaks and troughs of emotional states. But if it's kind of the extremes of those peaks and troughs, that can be very, very difficult to kind of be around. And what it ultimately does, it starts to affect that kind of trust and security and other elements of those emotional aspects that we need with our dogs. So if I'm a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, it's not surprising if my dog's a little bit, going to be a little bit more wary around me because they don't know what mood I'm in or what side of the bed I got out of. So being consistent and always having that kind of emotional welfare of your dog in mind and your own emotional welfare as well is really, really key to be able to build on those foundations to get a really solid, happy, healthy life together. We then move into social needs, which is very much kind of how Pooch learns to interact. So it's bonding, basically. So bonding with us, bonding with potentially other dogs, how they play, can they play? All of these things, these kind of natural social outlets that, that our dogs have and need. Again, it's about us providing those outlets in safe, secure manners for them. So hopefully now you can start to see how these things start to build together. So if I've got a very happy, healthy, fit kind of well-rested, kind of well-nutritioned uh, well dog, 
and they're feeling safe and happy and loved, then naturally they're going to be a lot more confident and their social ability to play and do things together is naturally going to kind of just feed into each other there. So the fourth part of the hierarchy of dog needs is kind of the training needs and especially for us force-free training needs is what we always look for. Now I'm going to do a follow-up podcast guys where we expand on on kind of training methods and styles and some of the elements that come into force-free training um, kind of in a future podcast but it's really key so as you can see if we don't have the biological emotional and social needs kind of met and sufficient and done right then we're not going to be on the best foundation to do our training. However, training is usually where we kind of come into things. That's usually our first point of call. My dog is struggling to do X, Y, or Z, so that's the area that I go to tackle straight away, which is why, again, I want to do this podcast so you can just think a little bit broader, step back and assess Pooch's kind of life um, and their kind of overall well-being beyond just that of the training need. The last step in the hierarchy is their cognitive needs. So this is about giving them choice, some kind of variety and novelty, that ability to kind of use their senses to do problem solving, that kind of mental enrichment side of life. And if we can meet and hit all the needs across all five of those elements of the hierarchy, that is going to be our best chance of a happy, kind of well-rounded, confident, fantastic family member in our pooch. Now, this does take some time, guys, because some of these things we kind of deal with and do and work on kind of subconsciously or not as consciously as maybe we think we do. Like I say, kind of making sure your dog's got fresh water feels like a bit of a no-brainer. However, it is really key because if our dog hasn't got fresh water or enough fresh water or, and and fresh is key here because obviously standing water that's been there for 12 hours, probably not the nicest thing in the world to drink. So again, it's just little things like this that can really make us go, well, actually, maybe I could improve that cycle of fresh water in their life. Maybe I can look at that routine and see are they actually getting enough kind of rest during the day. How is the relationship? You know, is, is the household a little bit kind of manic and frantic and therefore that consistency of that emotional state might be a little bit, kind of all over the shop as a result of just day-to-day life so all of these things play a part into kind of any assessment that a kind of training or behavior professional will do with you so that we can get a view of how to best set you up to work and succeed with your pooch now you will hear myself and a lot of other dog trainers talk about setting up for success it's a really key thing because if we don't tackle some of those fundamental needs whether they are social, emotional, biological, we're never going to be able to really succeed with the training. And that's why these things all become so, so apparent during those assessments and why you make it some of what might appear to be quite strange questions. However, they are absolutely well planted in this. So guys, have a think, have a look. I'm going to share the infographic for this hierarchy of needs in the show notes. Go and take a look at it. I'll pop it on my social media as well. It's a fantastic way just to kind of just take a breath and have a look and just almost review your kind of life with Pooch and see is there any area that you might want to kind of readdress, look at, improve, enhance. And this isn't about doing things wrong, guys. So please don't think that this is me kind of nitpicking with uh, you don't have that perfect life with Pooch. That's not what this is about. The idea of this is just to help kind of expand our minds a little bit and make sure that we actually assess things. 
because like everything in life with our dogs, it's very easy to fall into routines. And if I have that same routine with my dog for 10, 12, 15 plus years of their life, then actually, am I really meeting their cognitive needs? Am I really meeting their social needs? I might not even be meeting their emotional needs. Because again, a bit like us, it's going to change. You know, as, as we grow and as we age, all of these things play into how we feel, how we act, what we need from life in general. And our dogs are no different. So having this kind of concept in your mind and kind of doing those little assessments as kind of life goes on is a really fantastic way just to ensure that we are doing the very best for our dogs, which if you're anything like me, is usually kind of top of the agenda in terms of kind of my uh, my desires with my dog. Obviously, I say I want to give them the best life possible. So guys, that's it for this episode. We will be back with some follow-ups. Like I say, I'm going to be doing one on kind of training methods And we will dive into that concept even more in our next podcast. But for now, enjoy reading the infographic. If you do have any questions, you know where to reach me. And I will see you again soon for our next episode. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to the Woofing Porsome podcast. As always, if you do want to get in touch, you can find us on social media. I'm at great pause ne which is great pause ne for northeast on both facebook and instagram you can also contact me via my website which is greatpause.co.uk and you can also consume some free online courses at greatpausegang.co.uk excellent thank you very much folks and we will see you soon for our next episode